All right, God's good. Can you say amen? I'll tell you, we serve a, a wonderful, uh, amazing Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, thank you guys for the great worship this morning. I want to thank our worship team for all the hard work and practice that they, they put into uh, their preparation for our worship services. It's a joy to be able to praise the Lord in that very special way. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles, if you would, this morning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to be looking this morning at verses 13 through 17. And in verse 13, Paul makes an ama- amazing statement when you really begin to stop and think about it. Uh, he calls these believers in the church at Thessalonica, he says, beloved by God. You know, so often we just pass through scriptures like that. But it really is something uniquely special when we understand that we are beloved by God. In other words, God loves us. Uh, Of course, my all-time favorite verse of Scripture is, For God so loved the world. Uh, In other words, Jesus says, God loved the world this way, that He gave His only begotten Son, His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. My favorite hymn is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Because its focus is on the love of God. It's infinite for you and I to begin to understand the depths of God's love for us. How unchanging His love is. How Accepting God's love is. Uh, How far-reaching His love is toward us. There's no distance mentally or emotionally or spiritually or physically that we can travel where where we escape the love of God. It's an everlasting love, as Jeremiah describes it, that draws us into relationship with Him. And so God's love is certainly one of those things as believers that... Uh, we, we should understand, embrace, enjoy, revel in, and we ought to be sharing with the world today. God's love. Listen to what Paul says about this, this love. I want to uh, encourage you to think as we read this scripture about experiencing uh, God's love. How can I embrace this love? How can I enjoy this love? Listen to what he says, beginning at verse 13. He says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Because God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Bow with me this morning if you would and let's pray. Father, we are so very amazed and thankful for the love that you 
not only speak about in your word, but that we experience in our life and relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for showing us that unconditional love. That when we were an affront, an offense, in rebellion against you, you were just loving us. Loving us close to you, to a relationship with you. Showing us how much you care for us. And Father, we thank you for that unchanging love. Lord, I pray this morning that as we're affected by how you feel toward us, that, that Father, we'll let others know that you care for them as well. That you'll impress on our heart and imprint in our minds that you truly do love, love people. Now, Lord, I just pray that you'll open this word, encourage and challenge our hearts with it today. Father, for this is your word, and this is your message. Please bring it home to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, as we, uh, I always get kind of overwhelmed when I begin to think about uh, the kind of love that God loves us with. I, I think uh, it's overwhelming in the sense as human beings that we uh, always come short of expressing that kind of love toward other people. I mean, we, we have limits in our loving other people. We may love many people to the very place that we would lay down our lives or give up our stuff. But really to love exactly like God does, we, we can't do that. We don't have that capacity yet. Uh, and so to see the Scripture explain it and expound it is amazing and encouraging I know for me to be challenged by that kind of love. Listen to what he says. Paul lays out some aspects of God's love and experiencing God's love. One of those things that he does in verses 13 and 14, he talks about God's saving love. Certainly the great expression of God's love is through salvation, isn't it? It's, it's for him to make a way for us who are separated from him. To be able to come into a relationship with Him. Those, those of us who are born alienated, separated from God, now we have a way through His Son, Jesus Christ, to be in relationship with Him. To be reconciled to Him. Great expression of love. Listen, God didn't have to do that, did He? He didn't have to save this world or the people in this world. He, he could have went on being God, uh, living, uh, self-sustaining as He is, uh, self-existing as he is without us, by the way. I, I know sometimes we kind of get an inflated sense of ego and think that there's some areas of life or people that just can't get along without us. Have you guys, <laughs> well, I, I've, I, you know, I've come to learn throughout the years that there's really no one that is indispensable. Maybe difficult, but not indispensable. And, and so, yet with, with God showing us his love for us, he chose to do that. And he chose to express that love through salvation. And so there's God's saving love. Look at verse 13. What, what about that kind of saving love? First of all, there's the consistency of salvation. In other words, there are some things that are just always consistent when it comes to salvation. One of those things that's always consistent, that it's always the same. Paul says in verse 13, God from the beginning... When, when it all started and it all began, God determined to save us a certain way 
through His Son, Jesus Christ. In Revelation 13, 18, it, it, it introduces Jesus or announces that Jesus is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. That our names have to be written in the book of life, who was, uh, in the book of the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. And so God determined before He even created us how He would save us. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that, that God doesn't use our human order or logic to do things or decide things, but He has ways of His own. And, and so it's always been the same. Everyone who comes to Him comes the same way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through, through Him. It's always been that way. God has always determined to save through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. No other way. Salvation starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. Everything from the beginning to the end and everything in the middle when it comes to salvation is all about His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not about our works. Or it's not about somebody else's opinion. But it's what God reveals through His Word about His Son, Jesus Christ. It's for the Bible tells me so. And so it's always the same. Another thing that He says about its consistency is that not only is it always the same, but He says it's always by the Spirit. He says in verse 13, listen to what He says. Uh, He says... uh, Uh, Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. So God has chosen that through His Spirit that He would work in us in this saving process. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that lets us know that we're unholy. And that to be right with a holy God that we have to come His way. And through His sacrifice. And it's the Spirit that draws us. He's the one who convicts us of our sins. He's the one who, who opens our mind and our understanding so that we can have even the capacity to know God. The word sanctification. That word that means the process, isn't it? Of knowing and growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, uh, nor by works of righteousness. He's talking about salvation. He says, nor by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The word regeneration is to mean, it means life. It means new life. We have new life through the Holy Spirit. Jesus had that conversation You remember in John's gospel with Nicodemus. And he said to Nicodemus, you know, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jesus went on to explain not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth. And that spiritual birth is is facilitated by the Holy Spirit. Regeneration, new life, renewed by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is, is the one who, who guides us into that salvation. John says, Jesus says in John's gospel again, uh, verse 16, verse 8, He says, and when He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, when He has come, He will convict the world of sin 
and of righteousness and of judgment. You know what that means? That when the Holy Spirit is working, what's He doing? He's, he's letting us know that we're sinners, that we're unrighteous, and that not believing brings judgment. It's a, kind of a picture of salvation, isn't it? Somebody said we can't be saved until we know we're lost. Makes sense. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand we're lost and shows us the way to salvation. It's always the same. It's consistently working, the working of the Holy Spirit that brings someone to salvation. You didn't get saved apart from the Holy Spirit. You didn't get saved, you or I, either one, uh, by any other way than Jesus Christ. And then Paul goes on and he mentions about this consistency of salvation. He says it's always by, with the Scripture. Always with the Scripture. Listen to what he says again in verse 13. He says, uh, through sanctification, by the Spirit, and belief in the truth. It's when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that we're saved, isn't it? It's belief in what God has revealed to us through the Bible when it comes to salvation. Listen, Ephesians chapter 1 says this in the Scripture. He says, in Him, in other words, in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You see, the Bible says that we were saved by hearing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all come to Him first hearing and believing that Jesus Christ died for our sins. That He was buried and on the third day He rose from the grave. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. When Philip, you remember, Philip was preaching the book of Acts and uh, there was this Ethiopian eunuch had been up to Jerusalem. To, he was uh, searching. And he went to Jerusalem to seek out who God was. And he uh, really didn't get an answer in Jerusalem. So he turned around to go back home. The Bible says he was reading the Bible in the book of Isaiah. And he was reading a passage of Scripture. And God sent Philip down to greet this eunuch. And he said to Philip, jump on that chariot and tell him about who Jesus Christ is. And so Philip did. And he says, do you know what you're reading? And the eunuch said, not really. I really don't understand it. And so Philip began to explain the Lord Jesus Christ to him. And once that eunuch had heard the message of Jesus Christ, first thing he wanted to do is says, hey, I want to be baptized. And he said, hey, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? And here's what Philip said. Scripture says, and then Philip said, If you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You see, it's trusting that message of the gospel. That's why it's so important. It's indispensable that you and I as believers share this message of Jesus Christ. Because it's only through this message that people hear and believe and are saved and know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so, this saving love that God has for us, uh, it's consistent. 
to salvation is the work of Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of Scripture in our lives. Well, Paul goes on. Not only does he talk about the consistency of this salvation, but also if you look in verse 14, he talks about the calling of salvation. Uh, He says in verse 14, To whom he called you uh, by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul speaks about this calling. He says you are called by the gospel. That God grabbed your attention. That he captured your focus for a minute with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, Paul reminds us in Romans, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. He says to the Jew first and the Greek also. Paul says, look, I'm not going to shrink back from this message. I'm not going to draw back, but I'm going to go forward with the message of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God into salvation. It's what calls us into relationship with Him. And so uh, that's the, the value and the importance of the gospel is that we're called by the gospel. And you may remember time in your life when you heard about Jesus Christ. And, and God may have put kind of a heaviness on your heart. It's the work of the Spirit. And He, he may caused you to understand what you needed and you responded in faith and believe that Jesus Christ died for you. You see, that's the way we come to Him. Paul says we're called by this gospel message. Paul says our gospel, it wasn't his exclusively, but it's, it was his by, by relationship. It's yours by relationship. So when you share the gospel, you're sharing your gospel because you're a part of the family of God. And we all got there the same way. Well, he goes on about this calling of salvation. We're called by the gospel, but we're called to his glory. Called to his glory. Uh, Verse 14 says, For the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I began to look a little bit and dig into this word Obtaining. What does that word mean? And I found out that this word obtaining means to experience or to experience or the experience of something. So what Paul is it was is really saying, he says that for that you're saved, you're called by the gospel, so that you can experience the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. And now you know when you think about the word glory, what does that mean? Well, really, doesn't glory really mean the expression of God Himself? Doesn't He express Himself through His glory? So Paul is saying, hey, the gospel is calling you and I so that we can experience the things of God. So that we can experience God expressing Himself to us. Let me tell you, there's no higher calling in this life or the life to come than you and I Experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, listen, we're called in the sense that we express or experience Jesus Christ. Salvation is experiencing God expressing Himself. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's why we're called. That's why He saves us. Calling of salvation. Well, There's God's saving love. 
That's not all there is about God's love, is it? There's his saving love. Now listen, that's, if that were it, that's enough. Isn't it? I mean, if that's all I had from God was his saving love, I'd count myself the most blessed person in all the world I do. But listen to what Paul says also. He, 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 he says that there's God's steadying love as well. That the love of God steadies us. It, it calms us down. It puts us on a foundation. It, I, I remember a few months before I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, that my life was anything but steady. If it was steady about anything, it was steadily out of control. Uh, steadily up in the air. Being steadily uprooted. But God took my heart and he took my hand and he settled things down. He began to heal and restore things that had broken in my life. And Jackie and I are celebrating a big anniversary today. Um, we were betrothed when we were uh, a year old, so we've been married 46 years. So that's the betrothal period plus... <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he healed our marriage. And he healed our life. And he, he steadied things down. Now, I'm still working on Jackie. Trying to steady her a little bit. But it's getting better. <laughs> but uh, he steadies us. Listen to what he does. We're, we're steady. Look, in verse 15. He says, therefore, brethren, stand fast. That means to be steady. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or epistle. Look, traditions. We, sometimes tra- traditions, we, we look at traditions of church and say, oh, we, we're, we're against every tradition there is. Look, there's good traditions. The, tradition is just something that's been handed down. And, and when we think about Godly, biblically-based traditions, we need to hold, down, hold those things because they'll steady our lives. Listen to what Paul said about Timothy. He says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I persuaded, is also in you. What's Paul, ta- I mean, Paul talking to Timothy about? He says, I'm glad for your family tradition because your family tradition of faith Started with your grandmother, now as a part of your, your, your mother's experience, and I'm seeing it in your life as well. And so when it comes to those faith and that heritage of faith, what we ought to desire to do more than anything of those that are coming behind us, whether it's in the life of the church or our own personal family life, we ought to want to leave them a legacy of faith. Something that will steady their life in the course of of a storm simply because we are expressing the life of Jesus Christ through us what a great tradition isn't it not, not only tradition but also he mentions teaching as well we're steadied by the teaching of scripture aren't we I mean isn't it those precious promises of God that anchor us in life today Isn't it the hope that we have of the future with Jesus Christ? The very thing that that holds us together when we're suffering or when we're anxious or when we're grieving or when we're in pain. It's to know that God one day will lift us out of this painful world and take us to a place that's perfect with Him. 
when we see abuse, unrighteousness, hatred. Isn't it that promise that all those things will pass away someday? It's what the Bible teaches. It teaches that following God is a path of of security and safety, trusting Him. So God's love is the kind of love that will steady us throughout life. It, it it, it, It will hold us and our families together. We seek His his love in our lives. That's oh, amazing. Paul says, beloved by God. We ought to be rejoicing that we're counted as those that are beloved by God. You know, another thing Paul says is not only about this steadying love or this saving love, but if you look at verses 16 and 17, Paul talks about God's sufficient love. In other words, God's love is enough. Uh, Let me just say to you, not only is God's love enough, but it's more than enough. No, No matter what happens to us in life. His love is enough. Listen to what Paul says about his love in verse 15. Uh, he says that, first of all, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. He goes on in verse 16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who loved us and has given us everlasting Consolation. You know what that is? That's encouragement. That God gives us unending encouragement. <laughs> How many times have you been flat on your back? And the only thing that really lifted you out of where you are was God's encouragement. It was knowing that you had someone who was with you when it seemed like everything else in the world was against you. There was God. And there He was standing firmly behind you to encourage you. When those closest to you seemed to to just not care, then there was the care that God had for you, encouraging you. When those circumstances seemed to be impossible, far beyond our ability, God was there encouraging you, lifting you up. Paul says not only that everlasting, and I like that everlasting consolation, but he goes on, that everlasting encouragement. But he also goes on and says, and good hope by grace. There's hope in there. Paul says it's good hope. Uh, it's, it's God's hope. Uh, and it comes by grace. By grace. He talks about verse 17. He says, comfort your hearts. There's that comfort from God, isn't it? Comfort for your heart. The Bible says that the God is the God of all comfort. And that our example of, the, of comforting others comes from Him. And He says the experiences that you and I go through in life where we feel the comfort of God that at some point we need to turn around and pass those on to others. 
In other words, if we've ever been comforted by God, then, then our only or our main expectation or the only thing we can do is to turn around and comfort someone else with that same kind of comfort. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, sometimes there's people walking the same road you are. And as God comforts you in your walk, what the Bible says is that we should turn around and comfort them the same way. You find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Same comfort. A God who gives us comfort. In some of the most troubling times for his disciples, when Jesus is about to, 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 to be crucified, to be buried, to be raised from the dead, then ascend into heaven, do you know what Jesus said to them? Let not your hearts be troubled. What was that? That was comfort. Comfort from God. He has that comfort in the hardest times of life. And then in verse 17, he goes on and he says, And establish you in every good word and work. You see, that's connection. To be established in something is to be connected to it. And, and Scripture says here, Paul's saying that he connects us to every good word and work. That, that God is connecting us to his kingdom. To his principles. To the way that He governs our lives. And then to the work that He's called us to do as believers. In sharing this good love that God has for us. You see. We're so blessed. Beyond measure. Beyond abundance. As we experience God's love. It never ceases, and it never stops, and God presses on in His love for us. And I just want to say, let's rejoice, because God loves us. Bow with me, Lord, and we'll pray. Um, Father in heaven, we're so very thankful today for your incredible, amazing love that you've chosen to, by your grace and your grace alone, to treat us and favor us with this great love. But, Lord, because that love is, is never-ending, there's enough of your love for many people. Help us to share it. Help us to wake up out of our silence or out of our apathy or out of our unconcern and be concerned for the people around us that they experience that same love that we know. Lord, help us to live strong in our faith in Jesus Christ. To step out in the boldness and the power of your word and your spirit so that we can truly be ambassadors that we can be one to announce crucifixion and resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ first in his name I pray amen we invite you guys to stand together if you would this morning and
Will you stand together just boy, thanking God for his love? Maybe you're here this morning. And you're, you're just kind of overwhelmed by the love that God has for you. When you set his love in, in, in perspective with our, our undeserving of that love, then how much greater does that love seem? It's amazing. Maybe you're here this morning, you just want to come and as we close our service this morning, just thanking God for how he feels about you. You may be here today and there's that burden of circumstances or things you're going through. That God just wants to love you through those things. He wants to establish you in his promises. And he wants to show you that good hope that you have in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Could be you're here and for the first time you realized how much you need to put your faith in him. Believe in him as your personal Savior. And to experience that love through salvation that God has for us. Uh, I'll be up front. If I can pray with you, encourage you in any way, then I'd love to do that or share with you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Give me the greatest joy that you can imagine here this morning for uh, me to be able to do that with you. Uh, We're going to sing and uh, just encourage you to come this morning.